Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pause I Am Radio. Your hosts for tonight's show are Robert Brining and Jeremy Dunn. They will be taking your calls and speaking with a different guest each week. You are encouraged to call in and share your life experiences with us. The number to call is 347-215-9442. That number again, 347-215-9442. Are you ready for your dose of hope? You are listening to Pause I Am Radio. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this edition of Pause I Am Radio. I'm your host, Robert Brining. My lovely sidekick, Jeremy Dunn, is joining me this evening. Hey, Jeremy. Did you just call me a sidekick? Yeah, it sounded good, didn't it? I got to think of new things to call you. Huh. I got to stop calling you amazing. No, I, I like amazing, but sidekick? Okay, you know what I meant. Really? Am I your Robin to my, to my Batman? <laughs> and, and am I am I Drusilla? Now, if anybody remembers Drusilla to Wonder Woman, I'm I'm going to you know tip my hat to you because not many people remember Drusilla. So that's 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 the um, that's the uh, <laughs> Mark King. He's funny. Tonto or girlfriend? Ha ha. Yeah, so welcome, welcome everyone to the show. Um, uh, Jeremy, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. So I still want to know if anybody knows who Drusilla is. So those of you who are listening in the chat room and you have a chance to say, or you're listening out there and, 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 and you know, email me to let me know if you remember who Drusilla is um, from Wonder Woman. No, I'm great. Okay. Uh, I know. I, I've been posting on Facebook about um, about my couch. And uh, so, so let me just tell you the story about the couch. So I wanted this really nice leather, you know, brown, nice brown leather couch. Um, it's because, you know, you've got the dog and, and, well, you know, I might get a little frisky sometimes and leather is so much easier to clean up. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it just wipes clean. <laughs> um but so I, I go to this website called Home Reserve, homereserve.com. They had the couch. I said, oh, my God, that's what I want. So I bought the section. Little did I. So, so and, and it said it's going to be coming ready to assemble. And, 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 I, said, and I said, okay, ready to assemble. I'm, I'm thinking it's going to come in, you know, some large boxes, and it's going to, you know, you know, I'm just going to have to, like, snap it together, you know? Right. But, you know, three large sections. Oh, no. You should have known better. <laughs> this thing arrived in ten boxes because there are ten sections. So um, so it, it arrived in ten, in ten boxes. I open up the box, and the first thing I notice is the foam for the cushions, the back, one of the back cushions and one of the seat cushions. And I take that out. And then I notice this pile of lumber underneath. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And then I find the leather that I have to wrap everything in. So not only do I have to literally assemble this thing, and each piece had anywhere between 13 and 20 pieces to it. So let's let's say on average is 13, and there are 10 sections. Do the math. <laughs> so you had I, a pretty productive few days. Um, I I was running a I was running a fucking a sweatshop in my own apartment. And. Oh my God! It, my hands are so sore from from holding things. You, you know, you know, trying to hold this thing together and 
and and you know, <laughs> just oh my god! And you had to snap in these black pieces with the screws with yeah. All right. When people sounds like a lot of work. It, it was a lot of work. And ladies and gentlemen, I was not born into manual labor, and manual labor does not you know suit me. So when you are purchasing a sofa. Make sure you find out if you have to build the thing. <laughs> but it's beautiful. I can get twelve people on it. Yeah, I think that's. I think it's great. I saw it online. It is very beautiful. Um, it, I can't it, believe it, you put that whole thing together. That's something that I. That's why I don't shop at IKEA because you got to literally put everything this, together. This wasn't IKEA. Oh well, this was not IKEA. It sounds like it, it sounds like an IKEA it, nightmare. <laughs> but so what happens is you order it. You order the color, you order the cu- you, you customize it somewhat, and uh, and, uh, and 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 what's funny is that they it, it's a company in Indiana that um, cuts everything to your specification. So um, yeah, when they say it's made in America, it was truly made in America, ladies and gentlemen, because I did it. <laughs> That's that's hilarious, um, and uh, kudos to you. Like I said, I, that's something I wouldn't do. So for people who are tuning in, if you are not listening to a furniture radio show, um, we are here live. Um, Jeremy is in New York, and I am in uh, Philadelphia coming to you uh, live, and, and we're going to go over some hot topics, but I kind of wanted to talk about uh, this week I did a photo shoot um, with my friend Amanda Kilbon. Um, she's a photographer here in um, Philly. And, you know, I just needed some new photos. So I, you know, just saw the Ventress, and she was, you know, doing a photo a week where people could just come, and she just wanted to kind of, I guess, build her portfolio up a bit. So she was doing a lot of different kinds of things, and she always wanted to shoot me, and she shoots me at soccer. She's the one who, you see the professional soccer photos that are taken. She's the one who, who has taken them, you know, of me, and, and she's amazing. Her, her uh, company is called New Roots Photography, and you can find it on Facebook and like it. Um, she posted uh, some of the photos. Not all of them are up yet public. Um, but there are some that I, I want to immediately, which um, I actually did a couple photos with um, the anti-stigma T-shirt, the HIV positive that kind of looks like a parental advisory sign. Um, I'm actually going to put a link to that in the chat room for people so they can go and check it out because everybody's asking me about these um, the, these shirts. And basically they're bright orange and they have, you know, HIV positive and, and black and white, and you can buy them online, and they're a great way to, um, you know, raise awareness and really start a conversation if you're the type of person who is bold and would wear that. You know, um, it, it's awesome. Everyone's asking about it, so you can check it out. And I also did a couple shots with Dad the AIDS Bear, who actually just turned 32 years old um, on, I think, Sunday, today. Oh wow! You know, yeah. Dab and I have a birthday coming up on Thursday. Ah, we share the same birthday. Me and Dab. That's cool. Me and Daddy. Yeah, actually, Dab is actually going to be on the show on um, April twenty eighth. I already have him scheduled. He has a really busy schedule going on now, but he's going to come on and, and you know do his yearly update and and talk to us. He's been, uh, I believe, it's been thirty one years that he has been HIV positive. So you know, just having that type of Knowledge yeah, on now? I, I I don't know. I think it might be thirty one. I, I forget, but I know it's either thirty one or thirty two. But it's he, he's he's very special. He's awesome, um, and I love him to death. And you know, go to dabbyatesbearproject dot com, I believe it is, and um, get yourself a dabbyatesbear. Everybody was asking me about it when I posted the photo of it, so you can also go there on Facebook as well. So let's move on to some of the hot topics that we wanted to kind of discuss. Um, I. I you know, we've done a few once a month. Basically, we've been doing a hot topic show because so many, you know, HIV is in the headlines now more than ever, and it's not, you know, bad stuff. We're hearing, you know, some really good news about a possible, you know, close to a cure. They're calling it a functional cure. Um, I don't like that they use the word cure and the thing because it gives people the false representation of it not being something to worry about now because there's a functional cure. But I think that... It's exciting news. I mean, what do you think, Jeremy? I I, I don't know. I missed all of that because I fell off the line. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Did I lose you? No, uh, it, uh, I went to go 
I went to move That's my fine. phone out of my lap and I hit the end button. Gotcha. No, Sorry. no, it's fine. So I, I was basically, uh, I was just talking about the functional cure and how it's kind of, HIV is kind of back now in the media, and it's all about these functional cures and things that are happening. I mean, there was 14 people, I believe, in Africa who are now functionally cured somewhat or whatever. You know, I don't like the fact that they use that word. Um, well, I, I, well, that's what it is. It's not a cure. Right, but it's misleading, so that I, you shouldn't use cure at all. It kind of, I think, gives people the wrong impression that HIV is nothing to worry about anymore. So I was asking, what was your opinion on, um, you know, all the functional cure stuff? Well, uh, I, I also think it's misleading. Um, you have to have a, a well, the, the, the deal is this. You have to have a whole myriad of circumstances in order to get the functional cure, if you will. And the functional cure only only cures you of one of, um, um, of one of the, uh, the, the viruses, because there's HIV-1 and HIV-2. Um, HIV-1 is, you know, found here in the uh, United States and mainly the Western world, Europe. HIV-2 is primarily Africa. Right. So what, what the functional means, the functional part of that means that you can't get reinfected with the virus that you already had. So if you were infected with HIV-1, you are basically not going to get infected by that or that one again. However, should you come in contact with somebody with the other HIV virus, you can still become infected. Right. So it, 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 it's not really a cure, so to speak. It's, it's just kind of passing the buck, really. Exactly. Exactly. Well, well the cases that, let me, um, I want to actually bring these up. Um, specifically so I can actually read exactly what it says. I'm going to the Huffington Post for this. Um, where is it here? I'm sorry. 14 HIV-positive patients who were quickly treated with antiretroviral drugs were found to have remained healthy through those still infected despite having since stopped therapy. So, I mean, they've aged between 34 and 66, and they stopped treatment around three years in on average is what it was. They still have traces of HIV in their blood, such as, um, but at, at such low levels, the virus is kept at bay even without continuing treatment. I mean, I don't know. It's just like, I don't know. I just feel like, are they just making headlines for headlines? Or like, I don't know. Well, it sounds to me like they've been, they're being treated as being undetectable. Right. I mean, that's... I, I, you know, I I, I got to tell you, I, I'm not a big fan of the Huffington Post. I think they I think they're a bunch of blowhards, and I think that they think too much of themselves. But um, that that's just me. Um, it, it, it's it, it's I don't think that we are. I I don't I don't foresee a cure in my lifetime. I do, however foresee a um a uh a, a vaccine now what that means is that those of us who are already infected can't get the vaccine because it won't work right. um, but if if people are vaccinated and that and that sort of thing then then yeah then we can probably stop um the virus in its in its tracks which is very much like polio it, it or um what other diseases are out there? Uh, uh, you, you know, other viral, other viral, and other diseases. Um, uh, it, it, it's important to, to to realize that you know, again, there's no cure for polio. There's a vaccine. Right. So if you're not vaccinated, you can still become infected and. Um, uh, uh, you can still become infected and, and still develop the symptom, symptoms and, and, uh, of polio. So it's, it, would, that, it would be very similar to uh, it's like smallpox, like measles. It's like right. all of those different um, things that we all got uh, immunized for. Uh, 
chicken pox and that that sort of thing. So that that's what I foresee happening in in my lifetime is the vaccine being created. But I don't think I don't think a, a cure is going to be in place. Now I, well, I'm, I'm not. I'm and, saying and, optimistic. Damn it! I won't let you bring me down, Jeremy. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, it's not, it, I, I'm not being, you know, it's not about optimism. Or You're Debbie, like Downer. <laughs> Debbie Downer. I'm kidding. Um, I, I think a vaccine is going to be remarkable in the fact that now we have something that, that will stop this, which means that those of us who are infected and um, if we decide to go and, Get our groove on, so if you if you will, um, to to uh, with with people who have been vaccinated, we 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 pose no harm. Now we also pose no harm when we're undetectable and on medication. That's already mm-hmm. been proven in, in several studies. So I I think that um, I think that that we have a few. Uh, I, I, I think that we have a few options right now. You know, so as long as people are on their medications and are undetectable, you know, I, I think that's that's the that's the as close we got to it, we get to a vaccine at this point, but I do think the vaccine is gonna be available in my life. Right. That's that's my that's my uh prediction. Right. Um, I just want to remind people that we are doing um a hot topic show, so you're more than welcome to call into the show at any point during the live broadcast at 347-215-9442, and uh, we can talk about whatever topic you want to discuss or what we're discussing at, at, the, at the moment. Um, but the other headline about the functional cure that hit uh, the headlines was the, the child who I think they were maybe five and a half years old, um, who was born HIV positive, got uh, the meds right away. The mother was also HIV positive, um, and they were taking the meds for a amount of year, you know, for, for a couple of years, and then they lost track of the mother and the baby. Uh, they stopped coming to appointments and stuff like that. And then when they finally, you know, were reaching out for the family, trying to, you know, get the child back in care and see what was going on because they, you know, dropped off the face of the planet. They ended up testing the baby, and the baby had no HIV at all in the body. And the nurse actually thought that she was treating somebody for HIV who was not HIV positive. So they had to go and do all these tests and, you know, go back to their research. And the baby was born HIV positive and, you know, well, treatment I, right away. I thought that's fairly common where a, um, where, uh, and I could be, I could be mistaken, that, uh, that a child born with HIV usually goes through a mandatory um, medication because there there is a chance that it, they can not not cure it, but cure, because they still have a lot of the mother's. Um, yeah, but the mother was also HIV positive. Right. No, no, no. I I understand that they still have a lot of the mother's stuff in them after being right. born, and and I thought that was fairly common where um, children born to HIV positive mothers uh, could turn out to be HIV positive. Now, but then, um, once they go through the medication and they start building up their own immune systems and things like that, that they actually clear it and they become HIV negative. I could be wrong. Right. No, I, I think I'm not. I'm not 100 percent sure on that. I don't want to really. <laughs> yeah, I, bring I, it up. I, I do want to go to the phone lines. I see that we have a caller, so let's go ahead and bring on area code 216. You're live on the air. Who's this? Oh my God, I thought y'all were going to let me get the word in this wise. <laughs> well, it is a talk show, and it's our talk show, so we're allowed. <laughs> I, 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 I understand that. But uh, in reference to children uh, being born to HIV-positive uh, mothers, uh, case in point, a, a young lady I know here in Cleveland. Uh, sorry, sorry. Can you, can you state your name and, and or who you are and where you're calling from? Oh, I'm sorry. My name is Brian Jones. I've been HIV-positive for 29 years. I'm calling from Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland in the house. Cleveland, yeah. Ohio. But All like right. I was saying, there was a young lady that I know personally. After she uh, had her second child, she didn't get tested till she was uh, pregnant with her second child. And after her child was born, uh, when her child was born, she was uh, tested HIV positive. 
and after six months she was HIV negative. And this is uh, it's common in, in many babies who are born to HIV positive mothers because actually, like you said earlier, the child, when it's born, is basically surviving off the mother's immune system. So basically when the child develops its own immune system, it could very well not be positive. So and uh, what you guys are talking about, the functional cure, I mean, I think we all have a functional cure. But And one last thing <laughs> I just want to throw out there. I think in the case of this lady in, uh, I think it was Missouri or Mississippi, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. other factors that went into place there, uh, I think what's most important is that Mississippi has a law that says that women who are HIV positive cannot get pregnant. So the reason why the mother did not receive prenatal care was because of this law. She was afraid mm-hmm. of being incarcerated. So when they did catch up with her, uh, and the baby was, um, she gave birth to the child. That's when they started the antiretroviral. So I think what's most important here is, is the women's reproductive rights and laws that they have. And with that, I'm through. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. I didn't know about that law in um, Mississippi. And they also start, uh, passed a new bill in Kansas uh, in their attempt to try to. Uh, clump all the STIs together where it's potentially HIV-positive people can be quarantined. Oh, that's crazy. And that's, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And a lot of people aren't aware of the things that are taking place uh, around us. And I think that's why it's uh, important for us to take part in discussions like this, uh, Facebook discussions like this. And I commend you guys for doing this. Oh, well, thanks for calling in. All right. Thank you. Cool. So if you all want to call into the show, 347-215-9442, give us your, uh, your opinion. What do you think about um, HIV-positive people being quarantined? Isn't that ridiculous? Uh, call, in, call us in with your, with your thoughts on that. Um, we'll talk a little bit about that if people want to discuss that. Because, I mean, what are we in the, in, the, in the 80s and 90s again? I mean, quarantining people, really? It's probably some put Republican. In, put us in Alcatraz? <laughs> put us all on an island. Um, Speaking of bills and and things of that nature, one of the other hot topics I wanted to um, discuss was uh, the Senate committee passes a bill approving organ transplants between HIV-positive people. Say that again? um, What I said was the Senate committee passes a bill approving organ transplants between HIV-positive people. So the the HIV organ policy... Uh, Act is what they're calling it. Um, which got the green light from the Senate Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee. It was a bipartisan effort, um, and basically what it is is you know we'll be able to transplant organs between you know other HIV positive people. So I mean, um, what do, what do you think about that? I mean, isn't oh, that I kind of like that. like don't you think that's something that should have been going on anyway? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you know, it, it, what's interesting is um, there was such a fear about, you know, remember, all of this stuff is based on fear and ignorance from the early days. And a lot of this stuff that we're hearing about these days is just, you know, it, it's, I think people are finally coming to their senses and realizing that, you know, it, we what? we we are, you know, just as entitled to receive an organ transplant as anybody else is. And for a long time, they they um, you know, they looked down on HIV positive people as being sex class. You know, well, they're going to die anyway. So why why do they get a um, so why do they need a, a, a organ transplant? If that was their thinking, mm-hmm. you know, it's. I mean, I just imagine how many people maybe you know passed away because they didn't get that transplant, and it's right. kind of sad I mean, that we would, and, you know. But states have already been doing this. I don't understand why. You know, I, I we I, okay. We as HIV positive people, and 
and those of us who are homosexuals live in 50 different United States. We do. We live in 50 different states. Uh-huh. And, and there's not one law that is common among all of them. So, it, so I, I think, you know, with the federal law saying, you know, you can't discriminate based on HIV status for organ transplants is great. You know, I and, agree. And, but in some states, they still, you know, some states were ahead of the government and some states are still behind it. Well, it's time that we all catch up and realize exactly what time, you know, it is and, and what actually is going on with HIV. And it's just, for me, it's ridiculous. But another thing that uh, hit the headlines was that um, the Ohio Rehab Clinic pays $32,000 in settlements with a man who was denied treatment because he was HIV positive. So that came out that, um, because I remember, you know, I don't remember exactly when it was, but I remember us talking about it on the show, about the guy being denied treatment. So, he, you know, he won 32 grand in the settlement. Um, it serves him right. You know what I mean? Like nobody should be denied treatment just because they're HIV positive, especially a rehab clinic. Like, are you serious? Right. Right. Uh, it's, again, you know, people, you know, the ignorance of organizations and the ignorance of people are going to cost them in the long run. It's that simple. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I have a virus, does not preclude me from having rehabilitation, you know, drug re- drug rehab, for crying out loud. It was drug rehab, wasn't it? I think so, yes. Well, rehabilitation of any sort. Right. I mean, what the hell is he going to be doing in there? He's there to get help. He's there to rehabilitate. And then you kick him out because he's HIV positive? That's insane. I, I, think, I think they should have paid more. <laughs> You know, quite honestly, I, I think they should have paid, you know, at least three times that. Because, come on. Come on, really? That That's $32,000, you He should have gotten more. I say, yeah. I say, well, he should have gotten treatment, more. is what he should have got. Exactly. Uh, then he should be re. re okay, so this is me getting cheeky. Now he should be. Um, uh, reimbursed for all the drugs he had to buy to, to, to deal with, you know, not for getting kicked out. Mm-hmm. Did you even hear what I said? I'm sorry? Yeah. You're uh-huh. cutting in you and went, out. Mm-hmm. You're cutting yeah, you in went, and out. Mm-hmm. I am? I'm not cutting in and out. All right, I'm, I'm going to take a break right now. We'll take a quick break. I'm having a little bit of a sound issue here. Okay. To. So we'll be uh, right back. What's going on out here? We got changes to make. It's time to wake up for humanity's sake. Break the silence today before it's too late. AIDS is affecting us, disrespecting us. I'm going to go get tested. It's a simple maneuver. It's not about the past. It's about my future. I'm not trying to miss it. I won't be a statistic, so I protect myself whenever I'm intimate. At this moment, I decided to have a plan. It's time to take a stand because AIDS I'm greater than. This is Senior Chaos, and this was my deciding moment. Tell us yours at greaterthan.org. And we are back live with Pauline Radio. Remember, give us a call. We're open here all hour, 347-215-9442. We actually have about a half hour left of the show. Uh, we're going to be discussing um, some cool things. So what's next on the agenda, Jeremy? I believe we're going to talk about stigma. Cool beans, cool beans. Cool beans. Yes, stigma. So what is, what is stigma for somebody who does not know? Golly, do you want the textbook definition? Because I can look it up. No, I'm just uh, <laughs> So stigma, you know, it's um, when it's it's a it's a it's a view put out by um, an individual or individual, um, regard, and it's usually a negative view of a certain situation. So uh, we take a look at. Um, at uh, HIV, for example, there is there's a huge amount of stigma surrounding HIV. Um, 
one of them, and here's an example. Uh, you go into Manhunt or Scruff or Grinder or, you know, one of those, and you see the you see the tagline, um, I'm neg, you be too, or I'm clean, you be too, that kind of thing. Now, that's stigmatizing because what it's doing is it says to the person who is HIV positive that they're, that they're less than, that they're dirty, that they are not worthy, that, and the list goes on and on. So when you get bombarded with those messages, uh, it, it's, it's damaging to the psyche. It's damaging to the – it, it just it, – it hurts. And, uh, and many people, um, there are some people who are just out and out ugly about HIV, and there are some people who just need to be educated about it. And uh, so we all have a, uh, we all have a, uh, we, all, we all have a, a duty, I think, individually to um, talk about stigma and, how, and to um, eliminate stigma where we can. And uh, that's to be, you know, and pun intended, that's to be um, a, uh, a positive influence on, on, our, on, our, uh, on our circle. So we now, have a circle, you know, we have a circle of influence and we all need to use that. Agreed. Now, have you ever experienced any stigma? Oh. Oh yeah, I mean, come on. Who are you talking to here, bud? Share share <laughs> share one of your stories with us. So you know it's um, you know you'll be chatting online with somebody and they go, you know, I, I mentioned I'm HIV positive, and I can remember this one guy saying, "Oh, I'm so sorry. You don't look oh. sick." Oh, and oh, that's my favorite. And I said, "Well, that's because I'm not sick at the moment." But um, I had a cold last week, you know, and so I, 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 re, I deflect these types of things with, you know, a little bit of humor and some education, right? and I try to do that. But, um, it, it, you know, it, it's unfortunate because that is, stigma is based on, on ignorance of, of, the, of the topic and what people are taught you know, go, growing up, you know, moving through the years. You look back and people are still referencing Philadelphia. People are still, you know, people are still referencing these types of things. And the only way, these types of movies and, and things like that, and the only way it, it, it is, to, um, is, is to step up and say, hey, you know, I am clean. I shower every day. I do. I scrub. I use soap. I, I, you know, shampoo. I even shave sometimes. But it, it's, it, it's it's the words that it's the word choice that people use, and uh, and it's unfortunate. But what's fortunate is is that we all have the ability to um, to to uh, tell people, you know, that's not the way it is. Right. Well, I think what about you. I. I have. I have been, I worked at a place, and I, won't, I can't really mention the name of the place, but I worked for a restaurant, and um, basically I, I feel, it was just when I started Pause I Am and the radio show, you know, and, and started becoming more involved online with activism, and I started wearing a, a red ribbon pin to work every day. Or, or actually, it wasn't even a red ribbon pin. You know what it was? It was, you remember um, when... Uh, the Gap sold, uh, you know, they sell the red products, product red, and they had these little, and it was like a, it was like a safety pin, but it had a red bead on it. So it wasn't even a red ribbon; it was just a red bead on a safety pin. And when you bought it, the proceeds went to, you know, AIDS in Africa, and I think that there was women who created these pins. You know, and you just wore it. Nobody really knew what it was. I mean, I, I don't know. And I just started being more vocal about it, and. I was told I couldn't wear them. After somebody asked me what the pin represented, I basically explained them what it was, told them that it, you know that it was that, and then I was told the next day I couldn't wear it anymore. 
that we weren't allowed to wear pins unless they were company pins. And I ended up leaving, getting fired from that job for some bullshit, and I think it had a lot to do with my HIV-positive status. Hmm. Because other people were able to wear, like, breast cancer pins, and other people were able to wear, like, uh, organ donor pins or whatever. You know what I mean? But I wasn't allowed to wear a pin that represented HIV or AIDS. It was just it was weird. Because weird. HIV and AIDS comes from doing dirty things. Mm. Right? Yeah. So I don't know. I was kind of just, it just pissed me off. You know what I mean? It pissed me off because I was a good employee, you know what I mean? And I could have advanced far in that company and it ended up, I don't know. But I guess I wasn't supposed to do it, so it's not a big deal. Everything well, happens you, for a reason. But, you know, in the, in the company, well, it, it, company's behaviors, and, and again, their belief system is based on stigma and ignorance. And it, it's it's really, really tough sometimes to combat that at a corporate level. And I think really the only way to do that is is to uh, – is to is to start teaching at, at the tour is, is to you know go into a corporation and give um and and give and give lectures and talks and discussion you know I I think all of this stuff you know at the college level at the student you know at the, at the high school level stuff like that is great but we also need to um, we also need to uh, dovetail that or um, book bookend it. With uh, by by going in and talking to their parents. Wow. So that way, that way, the parent and and the student can have a meaningful discussion about it. And I I think if we can if we're able to do that, I I think then we can start breaking the stigma stigma down even further. Because I think if you're only hitting, you know, and this is just world according to me. Um, I, th- I, I think if you're if you're hitting, uh, I think if you're hitting just one segment of the population, you're all you're not getting the message out in the most effective way. I think you have to hit every population, and you have to do it with people who mirror them, so you know who who look like them, who who behave like them, and uh, that's. That's the only. That's the only way is, is to do that. It, well, talk to, to all the groups. I, to me, stigma is. It's just plain mean. I mean, you know, like at some point you have to grow up and be an adult, and I don't know. I well, guess you know. I, 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 but but Robert, I think there's a difference, and I'm not giving an excuse to anybody. Mm-hmm. But I do think there is a difference between being mean and just being stupid. Yes. Yeah, I guess and, right. and yeah, yeah, stigma in itself is awful and it's horrible and it's cruel and yada yada yada. Um, it, it it's just uh, it, it. I I think I think sometimes when that's something that anybody really knows, they're not being mean about it. They're just being uneducated about it because they think they've been educated, and and they really ha- and they've only been given part of a story, and uh, and uh, that that's kind of you know what what we all have to do, right? Mm-hmm. So. But I know you know one way that you can try to end stigma is by I I mean this is what I tell people is that the best way to, to stop it is to stop, you know, hiding behind your status. Stop, like, acting like it's not there. And, and for me, I just feel like once I mentioned and realized that, you know, this is with me and something I have to deal with on a regular basis um, and accepted it and, and was fine with it because us hiding it and being so judgmental to ourselves because we're infected, um, you know, it, that builds up the first brick of that wall of stigma you know, ourselves. Once we break it down and we're comfortable with it, it kind of, you know, it's, I don't know, it's kind of like water. It's like it just goes. And if you're okay with it, people tend to be, for the most part, but 
when it comes to dating, like you were saying, online and things like that, people are going to be just ignorant. And it, it, it's sad because it's our own community that is is doing it to us. It's not, you know what I mean? We can't even blame well, anybody. I, I got to tell, I, I, I tell you, though, the gay community is awful to each other in and, in and of itself. I mean, you have, you, you've got uh, old issue you know you you have old you have old age issues you've got body issues you've got hiv issues it, gay men are horrible to each other they just are mm-hmm. and it's and when i find um gay men who are um supportive of one another it, it, it those are the friendships and relationships that you want to grasp onto it's the ones that are shallow you know, so focused on body that they're not focused mm-hmm. on the person. Right. Um, you know, it, and and those who are so focused on, um, you know, the, the superficial, the shallow issues, the shallow things, they're the ones, it, 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 uh, well, you know, and also the gays, they like their young pretty people. Let's just put let's just put it out there. You know, I mean, uh-huh. it, it's it's really really difficult to to find relationships in in the gay community that are supportive that are supportive of one another and that aren't detrimental to each other. And um, it uh, it's it's uh, it's really interesting to you know and and that's when we see all of this bitterness and ugliness come out um it it's just it's hard sometimes and um but you know the the ones that you do find uh the the relationships that you do find that are supportive are are just so strong you know mm-hmm. but i i think i think from a from a gay culture if you will, and again, I'm, I'm looking at it from a, a ten-thousand-foot view. Um, gay men are are being forced to um, to to focus on 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 what's in it for me. On on and and HIV is just one of those things. It's Oh God, you you have that. Oh, I can't talk to you. I can't be seen with you. What are the what are people going to think of me? You know, it's like forget what people are going to think of you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to think of yourself first. I agree, and I you know I find out I found that going to a support group really helped me. I see that uh, Fernando in the chat room, um, you know, is I think uh, from what I gathered and was typing so fast. I think he's newly diagnosed and things like that. And that support group was so crucial for me, you know what I mean, going and reaching out and meeting other gay people who were living with HIV, who were seeking answers on the same topics as me, you know what I mean, and just people that I could relate to that were my age that were just immediately like family and not judgmental. And they were like family because we all like had this one thing in common. And it just it just feels like a family when I go there. And it's it's nice because I don't have – a lot of gay friends, you know what I mean? Like, I, I I have a few, and those few friends are, like, really good friends. You know what right. I mean? I don't yeah. have, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't have, like, an abundance, but most of my gay acquaintances are all HIV positive. Like, I can't tell you how many. Like, we actually were um, doing uh, here in the, the Philly, Philadelphia gay newspaper here. They did a quote, um, like a, uh, not a quote, I'm sorry, uh, a poll in their newspaper, and it was, how many people do you know are HIV positive? You know what I mean? And people would go online and take this poll, um, and most of the people knew about a dozen to two dozen people that were HIV positive who took this. Now, mind you, it's mostly probably, I'm assuming, gay people are going to be going to this. So they obviously, I feel like we have a higher you know, percentage of knowing people that are HIV positive because it affects our community so drastically. You know what I mean? But we were talking about it and some of the people were like, I don't know anybody outside of this, you know, support group. And I think I was the only one who actually could raise their hand and say, I know over a hundred from, you know what I mean? From doing the show and things like that. I mean, I think 
having that connection with somebody else who is HIV positive is important for you to fully accept yourself and your status, you know, especially in the beginning. Yeah. It gives you yeah, confidence it, that you're not alone. It, it, it certainly does. And and I think, um, I, I think that when I, when I, when I first found out I was positive and everything, I, I went to support groups and it really helped. Um, and, you know, it's, so now I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of in that crossroads right now. It's like, do I want to go back to support groups to meet people or, you know, it's, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's what, what, what is it that I want out of all of this? Um, and and I think I think support groups have I think I, I do think support groups have uh, have their purpose. I think support groups are uh, are truly remarkable when they work. Um, I have been to a couple where they were just you know it was just good sessions. You know, it's like the last thing I wanted to do was sit in a group for an hour and a half and listen to everybody bitch. What I wanted to do is listen and provide support when I could um, and and really listen to what people needed help with. You know, not to hear them bitch about, you know, their ADAP or, or their bills not getting paid or, or something. It's like, come on, guys, let, let's really, you know... Some of that stuff is with, you know, there's things that are within our control and there are things that we need help with to control. And and that's what I that's what I was missing in my support groups. I I totally enjoy them. Um, but I went, maybe it's because it's a, I guess it's more, a lot of the people in my support group are around my age or younger, so it makes me feel like a little bit more, I guess, at ease because the first time I went to it, I was prob- a support group, I was probably 21, you know, newly diagnosed. And when I went in the room, there was probably all these long-term survivors that probably knew so much, but my own thinking, you know, made me go, oh, you're not going to relate to these people. They're so much older than you. They'll never understand what you're going through because you're, you know, 20 years younger than them. And I totally shut it out and didn't even give it an opportunity. But now that I am open to it and I go to the support group, I just think it's, I don't know, it's just, it's that one time where I get to go and just feel like I'm not, you know, like I'm not a unicorn. There's people around me who who are just like me. You know what I mean? It, it's and, the you, judgment it's free, what you make of it. Well, it's the judgment-free zone, right? Yeah, true. That's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a judgment-free zone. And um, and you don't get that in regular society. You, don't, you know, you go to a bar. What are you looking for? You're looking, you know, I don't know if you're looking to meet people, if you're meeting friends out. But people are constantly judging you. They're judging the way you look. They're judging the way you dress. They're judging the way you have your hair. You know, they're they're judging the way you walk, you talk, you 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 handle yourself. You're constantly being judged. And when you go into a safe, what's supposed to be a safe environment, mm-hmm. like you know, like a support group, it's so nice to turn off all that other crap. And, and not worry about judgment because nobody's there judging you because they're all there in the same in the same boat. Sorry, I just woke up Charlie and she looked at me saying, you know, look, she just looked at me going, really? You just had to wake me up? I'm so comfortable over here on this brand new couch. <laughs> so uh, I'm sitting here on Twitter and I see some because uh, what I, we've been doing is tweeting throughout the show questions and stuff about the topics we're talking on. And um, I saw that... Um, Danielle Rogers, Jamar's mom, retweeted our show tonight. So I want to say thank you to her. But since we're on the topic of TV and people with HIV, let's move on. And I want to talk about what Greg Luganis is doing right now. Our friend uh, Greg is actually on TV, which is cool. Yeah, Splash. Um, Have you seen an episode? What do you think? I did. I thought it was great. I saw the one with, uh, um, oh, God, what is his name? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. We're talking about a seven-foot-something man doing a a a, a backflip dive off a three-meter board. He was standing on the three-meter, and his head poked over the five-meter. 
That's how tall this guy is, right? Wow. But I, I think what he's I, I think it's a great idea. I think it's interesting. It's an interesting. I, I I actually missed Louis Anderson. I was hoping to see Louis Anderson die. Well, I heard he got hurt. Did he? Yeah, I heard he got hurt. Yeah, that's what they said tonight. But I mean, I just think it's great that Greg is actually back on television, and and you know, because I mean, last time he was on the show, he was talking about trying to get on Dancing with the Stars. Remember? Uh, that's right. But I I have to say, you want to talk about a successful man? Um, look at Greg Louganis. He he broke the lid. He broke the he broke the lid off of HIV in sports. He hit his head in the '84 Olympics on the on the dive board. Yes, I remember. I actually remember watching that whole thing, and I was just uh, just a wee babe then. But this guy, Greg Louganis, is is a is a picture of of health of success. If, if he can be healthy and successful, any of us can be. That's right. That is right. But I, I wanted to bring that up because I, we were talk, I brought up Jamar, and then it made me think of him being on because I just saw the commercial before the show started tonight. And I was like, oh, I want to talk about that. Um, but, yeah, kudos to him. One of the things I did want to talk about, which just happened to me actually this last week, is – um, you know, I'm on I'm on ADAP. We're here in Pennsylvania. We call it um, SBBP. Um, and I now have to, since they restructured the ADAP, I now have to basically re-enroll my enrollment every three months. So every three months, I have to go back on and and like reapply to get this and it's quite annoying because you used to just do it once a year and then it was done and you just got you know you just kept doing it and with work and things I kind of forgot and it slipped through they send you a letter but of course I'm like I'll do that later and then I never got around to it well then my ADAP expired and then I ran out of meds and I couldn't I didn't take meds for about I think three three and a half four days because I wasn't able to get any um, and then I finally went to my doctor's office the next day that I had work and I was in the city. And a friend of mine who actually works there, Fritz, uh, helped me out. He's a case manager there. Helped me out with, you know, getting everything set up and, and, and getting me actually meds to hold me over until I was reinstated at my ADAPT, which is thank God for, for him in Philly fight. I mean, I didn't know what to do, and I never, you know, stopped taking meds for a amount of time. So I didn't know how it was going to react to my body or if it was going to do anything because, I mean, it's four days. Have you ever done that, like not taking meds for a while because you ran out? Or uh, my meds still haven't shown up to my door yet, so I I am I have like a week left, so I have to call oh. my mail or I have to call the pharmacy and, and find out what the hell is going on. But um, it, it, it's it's things you know it is things like that that make you kind of go, mm, you know I don't want to miss too many days because you miss too many days. Then your virus can actually mutate. Yep. So I've already been on five regimens. I don't want to be on another freaking regimen. Yeah, that's yeah. I don't want to. I'm fine with what I have. I don't. Yeah, like you. Said, I've only been on the Atripla. Then I had the reaction, so I don't even count that as a regimen. I just had a reaction to it. I didn't even like get to experience any of the good stuff <laughs> that everybody talks about, you know. And now the Travada and Icentris. I mean. It's it's great for me. I haven't I have hardly any side effects. Yeah. And what are you on now? A triple. I'm on a triple right now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and uh, and I just got um, uh, what am I what am I uh, thinking? Oh, um, it looks like Gilead is going to pay for my pay for my meds. Nice. Using their copay assistance program. I, I think that's great. So, so tell us a little bit about that, because some people may not know about that, and since you just went through it. So um, you go to your doctor's office. They should have a card for you called the Copay, uh, Copay Assistance Program, and it's for people who have private insurance and things like that. And uh, you submit that to your um, pharmacy, and they run it through, and 
they can pay, you know, a portion of your copay or the whole thing. Wow. So, I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There you go. So if anybody's interested, go do what Jeremy just said. And I think a lot of drug companies have these. And it, and it, it it's good for every year, once a year. So, so not once a year, but it's an annual thing. So uh, you have to re-issue every year, I guess. So, I don't know uh, why I never did it before. All right. Uh, here's a, a, a question coming in from Twitter. Uh, people are – somebody is asking why um, are we – so vocal and, you know, so out about being HIV positive is basically what they're trying to say. They worded it wrong, but they want to know why, why are we, I guess, why are we activists? Why are we putting our status out there? I mean, why do you do it? It's so, it's it's so people will ask these, those types of questions. That's exactly why it's, it's to get the conversation started again. It's to show people that, um, HIV isn't a debilitating virus that is going to cause me to grow weak, and you know, and I can't do anything, and 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 I'll and, and anything like that. It, 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 it just it's so we can educate, and so that we can get the conversation started, so that we can start breaking down barriers. That's why I do it. What 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 was the what was the moment when? you decided, like, yes, I'm going to do it. Like, do you remember, like, was there a specific time or something that happened that kind of, like, clicked the switch and you said, you know what, I'm going to do this? Yeah, me getting a diagnosis because here I am. I'm upper white middle class. I am thinking, oh, that won't ever happen to me. Mm. I'll tell you why it won't ever happen to me. I'm upper white middle class, college degree, I, I'm, you know, I, 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 I work in a corporate environment. I, 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 I do, you know, it's like, oh my God, who was I? Who was I fooling? I was fooling right. myself. And it, 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 because you know, I, I drank the Kool Aid. I drank the Kool Aid, and I said, oh well, this, that's not gonna happen to me. You know, it couldn't happen to me. Um, I'm not gonna. You know, I don't need to get tested for that. Because, please, this is why I'm out about it. This is why I talk about it. This is why I. Um, this is why I'm an activist. It's not so much to get you know, and some of it is for policy change, but a lot of it is for um, personal policy change. I want people to change the way they view HIV. I want people to talk about HIV in a, in a respectful manner, and I want people to treat HIV positive people with respect. We're not scum. We're not dirty. We're not sluts. We're not drug addicts. We're not, we're not these things that, that you have in your head that you envision. We're simply HIV positive. We're simply all human, and we're simply... All looking wow. for that one for that one thing. We're looking for that. We're looking to be loved, and we're looking to be supported. And we're looking to be um, included. That's that's why I do what I do. Well, I think it's amazing, um, and we actually will carry this on to the next uh, show that we do. We'll we'll, we'll talk about uh, becoming activists. We're actually down to the last minute. The time flew by, Jeremy, this evening. I mean, I, I don't know where it went, but I think. I think how you ended it was perfectly and explaining why you do what you do. And I'm glad that you do what you do. And I'm glad that you are my co-host on the show. With me. I love it. I'm your um, so tell people where they can go to find you. You can find me at positively speaking.com at P O Z. It's Italy speaking. <laughs> oh God. And for more information on myself and past shows and to join the Podlam social network or to make a donation to keep the show on air, you can go to www.podlam.com. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and we will see you all next week. Jeremy, have a great night. You too, and everybody have a great week. We'll see you here next week. Yep, bye-bye. 
I contracted a preventable disease from a guy that looks good and smells good but never mentioned that he had HIV. But he is not to blame. I should have loved myself enough to protect myself. But through it all, I found self-love and it's the greatest thing I ever felt. I was never less than or equal to AIDS but always greater. I just realized that not caring for myself or my body, I was my biggest hater. I am author of the naked truth, Marvin Brown, and I am greater than AIDS.